we suffer. It's time for tea spill the top. Please tell It's time for tea spill the top. Hey babies, this is Dee, and you're listening to Dee Spill It Talk. This podcast is a platform to uplift, encourage, and enlighten women and men. To show them that no matter how many stones people may throw at you, with God, all things are possible. I'm using this platform to tell my story. People always say, never judge a book by its cover. Well, you see my cover. Now it's time for you to read my book. Thanks for listening. God bless. Today's title is Broken Mirror. It feels like a thousand pound weight holding your body down in a pool of water, barely reaching your chin. So no matter how bad your neck hurts, you gotta keep your head up to survive. It's looking at the sky, seeing how far away heaven is from you right now. It's how much you hate now. And every second after it, it's the feeling after you realize that one thing that you want so passionate is drifting past your tips and each time you reach to grab it you get a mouthful of water and you sacrifice drowning depression is the pressure bouncing against your chest asthmatic air keeps seeping one out of five children reported being bullied at school 46% of students that have been bullied have notified an adult at school. Some of the reasons why students are bullied are due to race, physical appearances, nationality, gender, disabilities, religion, sexual orientations, and many other reasons. Students who experience bullying are at increased risk for depression, anxiety, sleep difficulties, academic achievement, and dropping out of school, suicide, or suicidal attempt. 23% of African Americans, 23% are white students, 16% are Hispanic students, and 7% are Asian students that have been reported being bullied at some point at school. Anyone can become a victim of bullying. Being bullied is not fair and it can lead to a criminal offense. If you feel like you are being a victim of bullying, please don't take it lightly and please report it to your local authorities. Maybe your teacher, parent, or guardian. Don't be a victim of bullying. For more information about bullying, you can visit the National Bullying Prevention Center, kidsagainstbullying or teensagainstbullying.org. You're listening to Dee's Pillow Talk. You are dirty, smelling, ugly, and we have no 
place for you. These are the words we heard every day. But they don't understand that you keep me safe. I don't understand why they want me to get rid of you. You have been there through everything. You have seen and heard everything. Sometimes I think you're a part of me. Everyone says you're always wet and smelly. They don't understand that you are a pillow of tears, a keeper of all my tears. And with every tear that falls from my face also comes with a story. Everyone says to get rid of you because you are my past and I need to be focused on the future. But they don't see that you are there when my past comes to haunt me in my dreams at night because you are my pillow of tears, a keeper of all my tears. You don't take their side. You don't even take my side. You seem to stay neutral. They say that you're ugly on the outside, but never once have they seen the goat and teardrops that are woven into your threads. They are the ones who talked about us behind our back. Never once did they thought that their names were also woven into my pillow of tears, the keeper of all my tears. When I came home from school, you were the first and only one that welcomed me with open arms. Never once complained. This is why I love my pillow of tears, the keeper of all my tears. You have been listening to Diesel Talk. Before we get into today's show, I just have one thing I need to take care of. Listen, babies, I'm simply doing this podcast to be able to tell my story, as well as giving someone else the same platform to do the same thing. The things I will or might say in this podcast is my own views and opinions. I'm not a professional and I cannot give any medical nor psychological advice, nor can I diagnose anything. I'm simply telling you my life story. Please seek any professional advice or attention that you might need. I decided to title this podcast as Broken Mirror because growing up from the ages 11 to 17 was very, very hard for me. Being abused and then felt like, you know, you wasn't wanted made me feel like I couldn't even describe the words. So I wanted you guys to get three items for me. And it was a washcloth, a handheld mirror, and some plastic wrap. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the washcloth, wrap it around, the mirror break the mirror and then you're gonna wrap the mirror in the plastic wrap and throughout this podcast you're going to look at yourself and if you take a look at yourself this is the view that many young girls and women are looking at today this is the image that we see of ourselves every day You know, I was bullied until I became the bully. Let me say that again. I was bullied until I became the bully. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to fit in any crowd. So I decided to make my own crowd of myself. And that's exactly what I did. So while you're listening to my story, just look at yourself in this mirror and think about which one was you 
or was you both like me? This is my story. This is the point in my life where things started to turn. At the age of 11, I started to spiral out of control. I turned to sex and alcohol for many boys and men. At the tender age of 13, I started to feel angry towards my mother because I felt like she didn't understand that I needed her love and that I felt like she turned her back on me once again. So at 11, you know, sex and alcohol was a way of an escape for me. It was something to do for me. It was something to keep me out of real, real trouble. So that's what I turned to. And from that point, I got addicted to alcohol and sex. Maybe about 12, maybe around 13, we went to counselors, you know. Um, to me, growing up, going to a counselor was a big joke, you know. Back then, to me, it just seemed like it was more pushed under the rug, hush hush still, even though we felt like that. I know my older sister did, I did. I don't know about my twin sister, because like I said, she don't talk about it. So, you know, it was pushed under the rug. So my mom it felt like that like it happened shut up about it go on with your life so going to counselors was like they would always take her side like we was being defiant because we didn't like her rules I mean no they didn't want to sit and take the time to really address the issues why are we being defiant why am I being defiant and I wonder if my sister and our lives would have been different if we would have never met our father I started to run away from home. I didn't want to be around people who didn't want to be around me. And if I wasn't going to get love from home, then I decided to find love or some kind of version of love from anybody that I could find. I went from this scared little girl, confident girl on the outside. Nothing can stop me now. No one can tell me I look like a boy. I suddenly... I was whisked into a life of self-destruction behavior. They love my body, and I love the attention. At least someone was paying attention to me. I wasn't getting in at home. I started to skip school in order to hang out and get my daily fix of alcohol and sex. It wasn't like I was really necessarily looking to go out and have sex. I was looking for that connection with somebody, any kind of connection with another human being. That's what I was looking for. And it just manifested itself sexually. I wasn't respected. I thought it was. They didn't respect me. I didn't respect myself. And that's one of the things that is hard now is that people still goes off of my reputation. My number one goal was before or on my 16th birthday, I wanted to get pregnant. I dreamed about being a mother. I wanted that ultimate connection with another human being that would be forever. And I didn't have that. So I desperately was searching for a way to have have that connection. By the age of 14, my mother lost complete control of me. And basically, I really didn't even care. I felt truly in my heart like I was unwanted. So if she didn't want me, 
I was going to make her life live in hell. She should have been there for me and my sister. She should have known what kind of hell me and my sister would have went through. Yes, I did blame her for a lot that I went through in my childhood because I felt like we didn't necessarily have to go through that. I didn't want to go to school anymore because I was getting teased. I was ordered by the court system to attend school. I didn't do nothing but get into fights with other classmates. I had a no-care attitude. I didn't want anyone to tell me anything. I didn't want to follow anybody's rules. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it, regardless what anyone said. My mother, the judge, anybody. I was the type of chick that wasn't living up to anybody's ropes or chains. Little did I know that I was just simply creating my own roadblocks in life. At the age of 14, I gave up on finding someone to love me. I gave up. Men viewed me only as a sex object, and girls either wanted to fight me because I hang around their dudes, or they assumed that I was having sex with their boyfriends, or just for some dumb reason like that. I had sex for alcohol. I had sex for to sleep at their place. I did not sleep on the street. I refused to sleep on the street. Somebody, somewhere, I'm laying my head on that pillow in a bed, period. And whatever I had to do to get that, that's what I was going to do. So if it calls for giving up, then I, I grew up it. back and forth in church. But at that point in time, I felt like everybody failed me. Even God, I felt like, failed me. I stopped going to church. I I just gave up on everything, everybody, and even myself. You know, when I turned 15, you know, I met this man, and I knew it was just sex. But like I said, you know, I had to go. So, you know, I invited him over to my mama's house, and, you know, he took off his shirt. You know, I seen that he had chest hair, so, you know, I don't do that stuff. So I made him go to shave his whole chest he came back and that was it i started to feel sick i was in the swimming pool and i started to feel sick so i was rushed to the hospital and they took a pregnancy test and it was positive i was so happy i finally got what i wanted and my mom looks at me with disgust and said i guess you got what you wanted pregnant before 1600 I was like, yeah, I am happy. I lost that baby. I was so hurt. That's all I wanted was some kind of connection with somebody. And I lost it. I can remember that day. Me and my older sister went to the doc, my doctor's appointment. And um, we was going to hear the heartbeat. And um, we got in there. He put the little Doppler on my stomach. And he was looking, taking measurements and stuff. And basically make a long story short my baby didn't have a heartbeat it didn't grow and he asked me have I been having pain I was like no I cried I cried so 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 hard
hard and long. I lost one thing I wanted in my life. I lost it. I went home and my sister told my mom and I could hear in her background. She was laughing. And then this most God awful pain struck my stomach and I knew I was losing it. The doctor had said that I was gonna pass it and he sent me home to pass it. I would never forget that pain in my life. I ended up going to the hospital and um, my cousins ended up showing up and I remember looking down and I seen this clear see-through white with this little look like a little alien in it and I lost it. I just lost it because I knew that this was my only chance that I could be Sorry, free. guys, I just had to walk away for a minute because, you know, it's kind of still emotional, you know. That's all I wanted was a child, and I lost it. And losing it, a baby, it's very difficult. So, and then, you know what hurts even more is, you know, when you're 15, come home from the hospital, and your own mom basically laughs. You know, that's what you get. You didn't need it anyway. You know, that type of attitude, you know, I felt unwanted, so unwanted and unloved. I just wowed out from there. You know, when I found out I was pregnant, I got my stuff together. I started going back to church. I started, you know, trying to go back to school. Tried. I promise you, I tried. A good effort tried. And then after I lost it, I was like, well, I was doing this to better my child's life. Now I don't have it, so I just wowed out. I didn't care. It landed me back and forth in jail again. I came to a point where the judge was so tired of seeing my face. She basically told me she, she actually sent me to jail until I turned 18. I was locked up sitting in jail and I cried. I cried. I cried because that was like a whole year. I cried. So these group of ladies came to talk to me and they said they had this program that someone put my name up for and they introduced this program and I'll go live there in the house and basically I'll be free but I will have to follow their rule. I was like okay and I don't have to stay here and when can I leave? She was like well you know you can leave now with us. I was like oh bet <laughs> bet. So you know I, I left with them packed my little bag and I left and I'm gonna stop right here because now this is another turning point in my life and you'll get to see how this all plays out stay tuned for listening to these pillow talk that one was kind of hard not as hard as the first episode but that was a little hard let me start off by saying this i love my mom 
wants. I just wish we could have a relationship like I want, and we don't. You know, I learned to understand not every decision could be fully understood by many people. My cousin once told me, love them enough to let them go. And there's nothing wrong with loving people from a distance. And as of right now, me and my mother's relationship, that's where it stands. As you follow me through this podcast, that I go searching for answers about my past, only to find more questions. So as you guys follow me through this transition, just keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer that we can withstand a lot of things that will be revealed. For the people that I have bullied in my life, I'm truly sorry. I didn't understand back then what my bullying would have led to. I was hurt, I was afraid, I was scared, and I didn't have another way out. But now that I'm aware of my actions that I opposed on someone, self-doubt, self-esteem, self-love. I'm truly with my deepest apologies. I'm so sorry. Please find it in your heart to forgive me. Okay, babies, stay tuned for my next episode. It's a little bit towards the left, so I'm gonna let you guys see my little fun side, so just stay tuned. I love you, babies. We made it. Welcome to D's Corner, a spot to showcase any God-given talent, whether it's from dance, poem, drawings, cooking, interpretation, dance, spoken word. Please visit my Facebook page, D's Billow Talk, for more information. Enjoy. standing shamefully in a courtroom, surrounded by demons on my left and angels on my right, Satan as the persecutor holding millions of records about my life and God, sitting on a throne with a mighty gavel in his hand. I had no lawyer, placed on trial for things such as lying, stealing, and fornication, for this was the beginning of my tribulation, for there was no reason to plead an innocent statement all the evidence was sitting right there with Satan. The demons smiled as tears rolled down the judge's eyes, for they clearly knew that now was the hour of my demise. But wait, 
In came a light shining so bright that the demon smiling suddenly jumped with fright. And the man that walked in that night was none other than Jesus Christ. Darkness departed to give way, and glory was all the angels could say. As the man that walked in that night pulled out a lighter and immediately set Satan's records against me on fire. He took the sentence file and erased my name, looked at me in the eyes and said, daughter, I'll take the blame. Handcuffs were placed on this man and he was thrown to the ground. The entire courtroom gasped at the horrendous sound and the sudden seized the beat of his heart. The man that walked in glowing had now become dark. I did this to him. My lying, my stealing, my cheating. And he took the pain and spent three days in the hell that I was to go to for eternity. listening to Dee's Pillow Talk. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you to God for the opportunity to use this platform to encourage and uplift women and men to help and to teach, to learn from and to heal with the ones who are in need. I wanted to take the time to thank my five beautiful souls that I brought in this world because without them, I am no more. For this is my life my destiny, my gift, and my talent. I want to thank my family and my boyfriend. They have shown me that there is still light at the end of the tunnel. It is up to me if I choose to stand still or to walk through it. Thank you to all my listeners and the people that continue to pray and believe in me. A special thanks goes out to my twin sister. I love you, sissy, from the room to the grave. All comments, questions, or suggestions should be left at lynnguy856 at gmail.com or Dee's Pillow Talk on Facebook. Thank you guys. Tune in to my next episode.